Doctor in love who is above all others close to you Is it the queen? Is it obscene? Tell me, I want you to I have often wondered what it is that incites So many young people to take part in those rites Well, by all men in blue are the targets to destroy Lady, be good, I wish you would Meanwhile, exclusively Have I the right to print in spite Of what your views would be Concerning those matters of the utmost degree The point being the question And the question being he Who laughs first has a thirst To laugh longest as he Over there, over there, on the wall, one in the hall, I can see, could have fooled me, oh! That life is a drag They say and I quote Man it just isn't our bag But if that's where it's at Why the hell don't they go Houdini said to get out of bed Was the hardest thing he could do Yet when he's tied straight jacket fight He's out count of two Seems elementary, my dear Watson, I know But think what would happen if, for instance, this show That we're in should begin Not one hour, but too late Over there Over there On the wall One in the hall I can see
Hello and welcome to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name is Jason Barnard. I've got the huge pleasure to talk to Gilbert O'Sullivan here. He's got a marvellous new uh, compilation out, The Essential Collection, which is uh, out now on BMG. And the first song we heard, Houdini said, is uh, a perfect example why this new set really is essential because, Gilbert, you, uh, you've picked... As well as sort of all the the well most well known hits etc, you picked uh, some of your favorite album tracks as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, normally a best of is like ten or twelve tracks on a single CD and stuff, and I've done that. We get the obvious ones plus maybe a couple of album tracks or a couple of singles. But the nice thing about this, originally when when they suggested that they wanted to do this double CD, I actually chose. I had a collection of seventy three tracks to choose from. Because the thing is, I I made a lot of albums and. It's true to say that I haven't sold billions of them, in, like some acts and stuff. So there's an awful lot of songs that I've liked on albums that have done reasonably well over the years. But they're kind of, you know, they're songs of mine which I really like. So the opportunity to have them on a compilation, to be able to pick out various tracks from various albums and singles that didn't go on albums, you know, it was, it was a nice opportunity to do it. So I'm really pleased. Yeah, whittled it down to 43 instead of 73. And it's, you know, it just, it shows, if you like, I think the broad sweep of the kind of songs I write. I don't just write one type of song. There's the kind of take on all kinds of songs, which which I think is good for me as a songwriter. Absolutely. And uh, we'll play in tracks from across your career as well as a, a few choice uh, covers uh, that mm. hopefully you'll, you'll like. Um, mm. Just wanted to go back to Houdini said, actually, because, you know, mm. you talked about the broad range of material you, you've uh, written. Mm. And um, I was really knocked sideways, really. I mean, it's a staggering track. It's wonderfully written. Yeah, well, you know, it's the first album. Um, actually, the basic track for that was recorded in Las Vegas because my manager was out there with Tom Jones, and so we needed studio time for me to do some work. And I was I I was on holiday with his family. Uh, I, I was almost like a member of the family with Gordon Mills, his wife and children and stuff. So um, so we actually did the backing track for the basic backing track for Houdini said over there. It, it's it was in those days. It was kind of nice to be able to do a song that was more than three minutes, and so I orchestral so you could kind of extend it instead of just uh, limiting yourself to two and a half three minute song it gave me the opportunity to kind of spread it out a little and it's a firm favorite now because we've been doing it in the last couple of years on stage and it's it's become popular with with audiences i mentioned about uh throwing in a, a few uh versions of uh songs that you you've written mm. in the show and I, this, mm. the first one uh, is from really your your early years and that's the tremolos version of you yeah. but Understand you um, you were part of the Mike Smith stable and and um, your songs got uh, covered by a range of artists. Well, in the beginning, the Tremolo's link was because and when I first landed a recording contract, very reluctantly on their part, they wanted my songs, but they didn't want to give me a recording contract. So April Music, the publishers, they were they were part of the CBS network. So I forced them into <laughs> if they were going to have my songs, they had to give me a recording agreement. So they gave me a contract to do three singles a year. <laughs> But um, anyway, so the, the producer was Mike Smith, who had just had number ones with the Love Affair, Everlasting Love, which was a great song. And he had a number one with the Tremolos, Here Comes My Baby, which was a Cat Stevens song. So he introduced my demos to the Tremolos, and they really liked it. And uh, you was actually them. My first recording was a song called What Can I Do With You as the B-Side. And um, and that, again, the, the arranger was the same arranger who did 
uh, in Love Affair, the same arranger who did uh, with the tremolos. And I wasn't mad about my first recording. I wasn't really happy with, to have this kind of brass stuff on it. Mm. It was slightly down, but, but the thing is, anyway, I'm, Mike Smith um, played my demos to the tremolos, who really liked them and recorded. They recorded a couple of my songs, You uh, being one that you mentioned, and, and another one called Come On Home, which I've yet to record, but it's, it's still a good song. It is, and I uh, wasn't sure which track to pick, actually, because uh, You is an excellent song, but also is Come, mm. Come On Home. That's a, mm. another strong, mm. uh, strong mm. number. Each time that I see you, I believe you'll be mine. It may sound ridiculous, but this is what time. Getting satisfaction from I don't care how stupid or wrong It is as long as I'm in touch with you Why don't you for one day Won't you ask me to take You out somewhere to some place There'll be time to make I dreamt both night and day that it is true I hope for my sake you Realize everything I have said to you today is true And I guarantee tomorrow I will act this way if you Let me take you Somewhere in the distance Where resistance is low You must agree You won't make me settle for no As a reply I'm telling you I always try Until I do see the time When I can make you mine Another uh, song that I was really, really impressed by, uh, really digging, digging in, uh, was um, I wasn't aware that Paul Jones recorded mm. uh, a really Neither great song. Neither was I. <laughs> <laughs> Neither was I until uh, some years. Quite, a, you know, I found out from a Japanese fan who, who is ingenious in getting hold of all these covers and copies and stuff. He, he surprised me with demos of mine that even I didn't have. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like you, I, I was kind of surprised. Nice. My Advice to You was, was, was an early song of mine, which I really like, and I put it on the little album, or by Larry, mm -hmm. uh, as it was known over here. Uh, <clears throat> and it kind of, it's, it's, it's almost like one of my shed songs from sort of late uh, 60s. 65, 66 period when I was writing in the garden shed. And I had a soft spot for it. That's why I put it on uh, the By Larry album 
and uh, and Paul Jones does an interesting version, so it's um, I was pleased with that. I, I find <clears throat> I, I had a young girl who wrote to me um, some weeks ago who did a version of What's in the Kiss, and she wanted to know my comments on it. And I wrote to her and said that I, I never criticize or, or um, comment too much on, on covers because I, I feel that they're all justified, providing that they stick to the lyric, providing they don't alter the melody. And I really, I see it as a compliment to me as, as a writer that they recorded it. So I, so I, I don't get into the area of, of criticizing any version. So I think that the Paul Jones version is, is nice. It's, it's probably maybe the only version ever of that song outside of my own. Yeah, I think it's uh, extremely rare, and I think it was only released in Sweden. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you hurt me when I'm in love with you? Desert me, that's all I ask of you. You know it's wrong, you knew all along. So listen to me in the words of this song. My advice to you is stay. Baby, my advice to you is stay. Baby, my advice to you Wait till tomorrow And see what lies in store If I play my cards right It will be like it was before When you loved me And I felt the same You know I'd be glad to have you back again My advice to you is stay Baby, my advice to you is stay Baby, my advice to you is stay We do move to uh, a song from the new Essential Collection, and that's. Mm. Uh, but we're still in the late sixties, actually, mm. uh, and it's uh, Mr. Moody's Garden. But that's a song that you um, you've really stuck through when you've yeah. been played live. Yeah, well, well, again, the history of Moody's Garden is that um, after I left CBS uh, through being uh, disgruntled with them, 
kind of move on. So I got out of my contract and then somebody was looking after me who introduced me to Philip Solomons who ran Major Minor label. And Major Minor also had uh, one of the big pirate stations. They liked how I looked, the image and stuff, and they said they could do a video and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, so two of the songs I recorded, one of them I was really happy with the song, a song, a song called I Wish I Could Cry, which I wrote after the death of Bobby Kennedy. So I really loved that song. So I was really excited about recording that. But again, the recording, I didn't like the recording at all. I was really a bit down about it. The producer was a, a Scottish uh, producer called Tommy Scott. But the nice thing was that the B-side, uh, Mr. Moody's Garden, I, I asked them to allow me to go into a studio on my own and just do it the way I wanted to do it, i.e. just on a piano. And I brought a college friend of mine, Ken White, who does some artwork for me. We were at art school together. So I went into a, to a studio in Denmark Street. It's a small studio, Region Sound. Actually, that's the studio where the Rolling Stones did their first album. So I, I just went in there with him, a couple of hours, took my piano and a hired Bedford van, <clears throat> my upright piano. And then Ken did the voice, the little overdub voice. And so I was always happy with that. So I've disregarded the version of, of I Wish I Could Cry, and I re-recorded it in the 90s mm. on Every Song Has Its Place. So I'm, I'm happy with that. But I love my little version of Moody's Garden because it encapsulates all that I want, which is just piano and voice. I kind of always, always had that thing. When we do it on stage, it's one of those songs that, for example... Kenny Everett played it a few times when it came out, even though it was a B-side. There's something nice. It stood the test of time, I think, because it's a quirky lyric. I, I, when I do it on stage, I, I talk about, um, I say to the audience, uh, when people talk about John Lennon, when he's writing uh, uh, newspaper taxis with man, blah, 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 for, for a day in the life, the, 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 the lyrics, what was he on when he wrote that? And then I say to them, when I wrote things like... Uh, uh, down amongst the partridge trees lives a don who loves his knees so much so he's framed them in a jar. <laughs> what was I on when I was <laughs> So it brings a smile to my face when I hear that. Say pardon and how do Yeah, do my name is nosy And this is my sister really Really? Good she is at St. Jude too Now just across the lawn is Pat Sitting on his favourite hat Waiting for the barber to arrive And if he doesn't come today Pat'll shout Hip, hip, hooray! Grand to be alive When every day's a holiday In Mr. Moody's garden Where little girls say pardon and how do Yeah, do my name is nosy And this is my sister really Really? Good she is at St. Jude Now lying on the garden fence Is a man at great expense History tells us we'll outgrow his youth But only until such a time He finds out why he's been lying And then of course he'll tell the truth Cause every day's a holiday In Mr. Moody's garden Where little girls say pardon And how do you do
For down among the partridge trees Lives a dog who loves his knees So much so he's framed them in a jar And if by chance one should escape The two put on must in its place It half a pound of shredded tar Cause every day's a holiday In Mr. Moody's garden Where little girls say pardon And Bill and Ben found stardom While playing John Wesley Harden Who look just like Barry Cardin's answer to Choo-choo Your breakthrough song uh, was uh, Nothing Rhymed. Mm. I've chosen Italian, an Italian mm. version. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah it was huge. It was that cover. Irabella? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I have I've sent copies of that. I really liked it. It's a really good version. When you just listen to the melody um, and you don't listen to the lyrics, you could easily be thinking that it's a sort of, sort of romantic song, but it's, it's yeah. nothing of the sort, really. Well, again, Jason, I don't. I mean, I'm not into kind of analysing what I do. I'm just happy to do it. Um, uh, so I'm, 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 you know, I'm, it's free to, yeah. to sort of look at it any way you like. Suffice to say that that the great thing about it, moving on from the Moody's and the Wish I Could Cry and being unhappy with Major Minor, being unhappy with CBS, the great thing was that my first session with Gordon Mills as a producer, when Gordon took me on as a manager, it was a magic session just in three hours to do nothing rhymed. And uh, in fact, when, I, when he took me on as a manager, I hadn't written Nothing Rhymes. So he, he had heard some of my demos. So I hadn't even written that song yet. But by the time he got into the studio, uh, 69 or early 70, to be in a, uh, with top musicians, not to be for it to sound as good as it sounded. I mean, I, for me, if it had not been released and never been a hit, I would have been so happy to have made a record that I was really proud of. And you have that lovely bass intro by Herbie Flowers. So Herbie Flowers... He's the one who did the bass on, on um, Walk on the Wild Side for Lou Reed. Yeah. And so he also does that boom on Nothing Rhyme. So there you go. Piece of useless information for no. you. <laughs> yeah, but the Arabella was a just nice version. I mean, it's nice to hear. I'm, I'm not sure what it was about lyrically, but it, but it was, you know, it was nice. I kind of like that. Okay, let's listen to I, Profeti, Arabella. Ho sentito una voce lassù, sono sola, diceva più sola di te, te ne prego vieni da me. L'ho guardata ma c'era del buio, mi sembrava più bella che mai, ho salito le scale ma il cuore batteva. La sua porta si è aperta per me La luce si è spenta, la mano tremava Avevo paura d'amarla Quella notte ho provato le cose che mai più vivrò Se l'amore è una stella d'argento Quella stella si è accesa con lei, io l'ho amata una notte soltanto però, è una notte che non scorderò. Era bella, era bella, era bella, 
era giusto essere liberi e amare così Che ci importa del mondo, che importa la gente Che importa soffrire, che importa morire Era bella, era bella, quella donna era bella per me Così, che ci importa del mondo, che importa la gente, che importa soffrire, che importa morire, era bella, era bella, quella donna era bella per me. That was the Italian version of Nothing Rhymed by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Next, we move on to, um, you know, a, a song that doesn't really need uh, too much explanation, really. It's a standard now, really, Alone Again mm. Naturally. That was a massive mm. hit, especially in the USA. It's um, been covered many times as well. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the kind of, you know, if McCartney gets labelled with Yesterday and Paul Simon gets labelled with Bridge Over Troll Water, uh, I get not, not unhappily labelled with Alone Again. Yeah, it works very well. But, you know, it's again, when I talk to people about that, and they always say, you know, massive success, worldwide, millions of copies and stuff. You know, when it was, again, what, what always keeps my feet firmly on the ground, always has done, and I hope always will, is when it was recorded, nobody said, wow, you know, this is going to change you, and this is going to be a massive hit. And We recorded two songs again. It's a three-hour session recording two songs, and the other song was Out of the Question, which was another mm-hmm. track on Back to Front. Uh, the second album, and everybody thought Out of the Question would be the single. So people liked Not uh, Alone Again, and they said, yeah, it's good, but I don't know, it's commercial potential. But in the end, Gordon um, said, yeah, well, we should go with it. I also have a little reviews from music papers, which I keep and mm-hmm. show to people occasionally. And, and you'll, the reviews are things like, you know, another little ditty from Gilbert, it might be a hit, it could be, who knows. And You know, so it's kind of... When you balance that, when you when you when you put that with all the success that it achieved, it's quite interesting how things can change. In other words, it's good not to know what can be or will be a success. What's good to know is that you're happy with what you're writing, you're happy with what you're recording, and the rest is up to whatever happens. Very much so, and um, it was on the soundtrack to one of my favourite films, The Virgin Suicides, and is alongside songs by The Hollies, The Bee Gees, Ten CCs, mm. etc. Well, the interesting thing about the, the, you know this thing of, of syncing of songs being synced into films, mm. as you say that for a lot of people they wouldn't have known about Alone Again prior to seeing that film, which they liked, and then they come away and say, "What was that song and that? Who yeah. was that person?" So that, that's interesting. That, that's a kind of that's an area which is useful because it introduces you to a new audience. Mm. Um, so that's you know, so I'm 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 up for those kind of things. I mean, we protect Alone Again. We make sure that it's not used for any comedic use. I specify in every agreement. I have, because I own my songs, that I make sure that's the one song that cannot be used for stupid 
commercials cannot be used for, for silly comical songs because we get those kind of requests. I mean, I get a washing machine ad request for a loan again and they want to give you a quarter of a million dollars and stuff. Mm. Now, if you are a publisher, you might be tempted, but if you're the owner of the song and, and you have that feeling that it needs to be protected, then it's never going to happen. Yeah, because the subject matter is quite serious, really. Yeah, of course, and it's for that reason, because you know, I mean, how offensive it would be to, to for people who bought that song for the right reason, for what it meant for them lyrically, to see it on a, a stupid commercial, or to hear it in some comic use and stuff, I and mean, I think that would be insulting to them. So it's important to, to that it retains its integrity. Passed away. I cried and cried all day. 
next we have Matrimony and um, reading about this song, it's staggering to, to know that it actually wasn't released as a single. It's like the hit that never was. No, but that's, that, that, there's, very, there's a lot of that with me. I think the Peggy Lee song, um, Counting Straight, is, is considered an O'Sullivan standard by many yeah. people now. And, and, it's, uh, and it was, that was never a hit. So the thing with, I like that. I mean, that's what's nice. I mean, if you had one song that, that if I walked out on stage that, that the band started with, mm. people would immediately know what it was. It's almost like a signature tune. Mm. So there's something kind of nice, the fact that it was never a hit single. <laughs> that it becomes your most, almost your most famous song, which is, and particularly in Europe too, it was huge in Europe. Yeah. And I guess the Latin, there's a, there's a Latin element too, of course. They say that Latin never dates, which is interesting. But, uh, no, but, but you know, a Matrimony is one of the closers on our show. It's, it's, it's right up there with, with the biggest success. Mm. I think, you know, also back in, I had a, quite a few singers that weren't on albums because in those days, late 60s, early 70s, you didn't put singles on albums. Unlike to the 80s and 90s when every single track on a Michael Jackson album was a single. Mm. So it, things have changed. But in those days, singles were just released and then an album came out with 10 or 12 other songs on it. But yeah, but nobody picked Matrimony and said it should be a single. So the fact that it's stood the test of time, is, is um, I'm really pleased with that. Love, but have you seen the time? It's quarter to ten and we're supposed to be there at nine I don't think the registrar will be very pleased When we show up an hour late like two frozen peas Both now facing for the first time presently and past Something that begins with them and ends in a lass More than a complete disaster from the start, what could it be? It's matrimony. I know how you've dreamt about been walk down the aisle, but think of the money we'll save and you'll see it's worthwhile. It won't please our mums and dads, but they don't even know. Besides, if they did cross the bed, they wouldn't even go. You and me are all that matters, disregard the rest. Trust your soon-to-be old man, he knows what is best. Very shortly now there's gonna be an answer from you, then one from me. That's matrimony. For the little things in life that have made me so glad Every other hour that I spend with you is not the least bit sad Quite the opposite in fact And if you don't believe me, here's the proof Ask me if I, and I'll say I, I do
trust your soon-to-be old man, he knows what is best. Very shortly now there's gonna be an answer from you, then one from me. That's matrimony. Marriage. Joining together two people, for better or for worse. Talking about some of your uh, most well-known songs, which obviously fit on the the new uh, new collection. Mm. Uh, one of the song I had to play was Claire, and I'm mm. the uh, the father of a three-year-old. And uh, one minute you everything's wonderful, and next minute there's turbulence, and then you make it all up at the end of the day. It kind of really sort of symbolises that relationship we have. Yeah, I mean, you know, kids. I mean, I come from a large family, so I'm used to kids around stuff, and I have soft spot for. You know, I, I I used to babysit for Gordon. As I said, I think I said to you earlier in Vegas and in the early days, I went on holiday with his family. And when I needed money to buy anything, I said to to Joe, his wife, you know, can I have some money and buy some souvenirs for my mother? So I was kind of very immature, quite young, capable of writing songs and and in in the throes of having success with Gordon Mills and stuff. But I was you know I was just like a member of their family, so they would call on me. Uh, when I when I lived in the the estate where Gordon lived, I don't drive. I just walk up to their house, and sometimes she would cook lunch and dinner for me. And they'd go off to some do, and they say, "Ray, can you babysit?" So I'd babysit, and Claire was the one that was kind of getting up, and so she'd be the one in the middle of the night and stuff. So I, you know, I mean, she's just sweet, and things like, "I'm going to marry you, Uncle Ray," and all this kind of stuff. I mean, this is just innocent, nice. You couldn't do it today. I'm afraid the world we live in today would not even probably wouldn't even allow a song like that to be made, which is amazing when you think back the innocence of those days. Yeah. But um, but it lovely record written written for the parents if anything because because of Gordon's as as a manager and Joe his wife who kind of fed me and he plays the harmonica and the solo and and she mm-hmm. does the laugh at the end. So I did it as a kind of tribute to them as much as it was about you know seeing Claire on the times when I go up to their house. Something somewhere had happened to me which I couldn't see. And then the moment I met you again, I knew in my heart that we were friends. It had to be so, it couldn't be no. Nothing means more to me than hearing you say I'm going to marry 
that it's late No, you can't have a drink Oh, all right then, but wait just a minute of my breath, what there is left of it. You can be murder at this hour of the day, but in the morning this hour will seem a lifetime away. Oh, Claire, Claire. Oh, Claire. <laughs> Gilbert O'Sullivan, Claire there, wonderful song, I think, from 1972. Also from that year, and from your marvellous album, Back to Front, is uh, The Golden Rule. And, um, you know, we opened up with Houdini Said, and this is another Mm. case where you've kind of really spread your wings melodically. This was chosen on my my list of songs, my 43 songs. I didn't actually have this in, but um, Steve Bunyan at Union Square, BMG, His favorite song of his was the, was, mm. was the Golden Rule. And then I listened to it. I thought, yeah, it's not bad. It's quite, quite a funny lyric and stuff. So I thought, yeah, I, I'll go with that. So again, I, it, I get to, to hear these. I mean, I get to be introduced, reintroduced to songs of mine that I hadn't played or listened to in 30 years or whatever. Mm. And uh, I thought, yeah, I, I'll go with that. <laughs> it's quirky. It does. It kind of mixes some bits of musical, a bit of humour, sort of Beatles yeah. thing there as yeah. well. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, uh, all those influences. I mean, I, I like to think I have a sense of humour in, in my words. And melodically, and, you know, there is a, of course, there's a, there always was a Beatles influence, Lennon McCartney's mm-hmm. strong influence on me, as was Dylan in terms of vocal and stuff. No, I was happy for it to be to be put in, and it certainly pleased him. <laughs> it pleases me as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, Jason. One of my favourites, uh, The Golden Rule. <clears throat> okay, cool. I wouldn't be glad, wouldn't be sad. I wouldn't be good if I knew that I couldn't. I hate to go, but I must, you know. Duty calls, Niagara Falls. See it go down as it falls on the ground and gets up again. At the count of ten, I would like everyone here to repeat. Something of which I know nothing about Namely that which I will tell you That which I will tell you I'm going to school, breaking a rule I'm going around in a pitiful frown Cause I didn't pass Came Bottom of the class Teacher was mad, so was me dad Took off his belt and without any help Really hit me hard Well I'd stuck a car Think I may be, but a fool I am certainly not Always remember the golden rule Get a car down And while you're there How about fetching me One of those pneumatic drills Boy, I really love The sound that they make So good for the pains And aches of life in general Don't be such a miser At the most a fiver's all you pay I wouldn't be whole, wouldn't be cold, I wouldn't be here 
fun they had Well, one night I put out that light Got hold of me, Mum said he wanted a son And as you can see, the result was me Somebody told me once my leaders not grow on trees Well, if that's true, then how do you explain Apples, oranges and lemons Not forgetting melons, no, no, no Okay, that was a golden rule from the uh, marvellous album, Back to Front, which I do uh, recommend. I think um, all your albums now are being reissued with extra tracks yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, Union Square have done a really good job in, in refocusing on those albums and repackaging them in a, in a really good way. So I'm, I'm happy for the relationship I have with them mm. and for what they're doing. And they'll continue to, over the next four years, to, to bring it up to date. with. I think they've gone up to, I think, maybe by Larry, but they'll move on now to the next four or five albums uh, over the next few years. So, yeah, so they do a really good job. I assume all those will have some extra demos and rarities yeah, on as, Yeah, inevitably, they, they push me for, for little bits and things that, that are lying around. So. Okay, well, next we have mm. uh, another really big hit, Get Down. I, I mm. wanted to pick this um, because um, I just wanted to ask about, you know, you, you mentioned Herbie Flowers uh, playing mm. bass on quite a few of your tracks and that. Mm. Um, you had some uh, great musicians working with you, like Chris Spedding as well. Yeah, Chris, one of the greatest guitar players. I mean, I think him and, but there's three guitar players that I, I rate the highest. Um, Jeff Whitehorn is a guitar, a brilliant guitar player, electric guitar player. Chris, electric guitar player. And uh, Tim Rennick for acoustic. Um, I've used him since, since, since Off Center with, um, with Gus Dudgeon when we did the album Off Center. And so I've used him. If I needed a, an acoustic guitarist for anything, I would always um, try to get a hold of him first on electric. Chris was brilliant because the great thing about Chris was when I used him for the first time on, on Southpaw, he came to the studio and then he sets up a little amp in the room and, and you just let, you just let him loose. And, uh, he's a wonderful guitar player because they're inventive. The great thing is you don't have to write it down for them. Once, once they have the chords, of course, mm. they just go out there and they do it. And if you don't get it in the first take, they'll do another take. And between one or two, three takes of something, you'll get the perfect take. They're, they're gifted in that way. They just add so much. You don't want to tell them, you don't want to make them play something that's already written out. You just let them loose. And I think Chris and, and Jeff White are brilliant at that. On, on Get yeah. Down, though, you know, interestingly enough, there's no guitar player on Get Down because when that was recorded at Gordon Mills' studio in, in Weybridge, Laurie Holloway was electric piano. I was on piano. I'd written, uh, there was a solo section in it for a guitar, mm. but we had the bass player, uh, the drummer, uh, as I say, Laurie on, on, on acoustic, on, I'm sorry, electric piano, and me on acoustic. So no guitar player for whatever reason. And so instead of having a solo, I just stuck in another verse. So it, it's, um, that's it. So it, it's, it worked really well. It sounded really good. We just you know, plenty of piano uh, with, with uh, Laurie's electric piano. It works really well. So I'm, I had a gold disc made up for him because it sold a quarter of a million copies. A silver disc, sorry. So he keeps it in his bathroom. <laughs> As a tribute to him for the work he put onto it.
as happy as could be, happy as could be. Now I'm just like a cat on a haunting roof. Baby, what do you think you're doing to me? Told you once before, and I won't tell you no more. So get down, get down, get down. You're a bad dog, baby. But I still want you around, around. I still want you around. Sullivan and Get Down. Moving forward a few years, um, mm. another song um, unless my research uh, was incorrect and I'm staggered that it wasn't a hit and that's Miss My Love Today. That's a marvellous song. Yeah, it's, uh, that's proving a lot in, in people who are online when they're getting to hear my stuff for the first time. And a lot of people make a comment about that and again we, it's one of, it's a standard with us on stage. It's always in the act. I, it's just one of those things, and again, it might have been released as a single. I mean, I don't even know if it was now, but if it was, it, it yes, it, of course it was a single, as you say, as you rightly say, in 1978. came from the album South Pole, which is my first self-produced album. Again, just in the studio, I, I wrote on the Fender Rhodes, and you got that lovely vibrato going, and um, foot tap. I love songs with a foot tap. Mm. McCartney did it with Blackbird, just that foot going. So it's just myself, piano, and... You know, going back to Moody's Garden, I love to do those things where it's just a keyboard and a voice. Mm. So that was another opportunity. Just do the foot tap and um, and let and the the guy who played um, Tony Hymas was the one who added all the extra bits and all the the ambience and all the sounds that you hear on it. Other than my piano, he did the solo and stuff. So he was a very good, a really good keyboard player. It's very simple. It's just a very simple little love song, isn't it? It's mm. You know, a nice little middle section. Um, I, again, you know, certain songs you do, Jason, will survive the test of time, but yeah. there's many out there that don't. So you're lucky if you can get a few that to this day, you know, sound really good. Perhaps part of the reason for some of these sounding like that is because if you've just got a foot tap and a piano, yeah. you know, you're not, you're not worried about uh, getting into 80s synths. I mean, I've done those tracks with synthesizers and stuff, so, you know, they can be a bit dated. Uh, I think that um, another example would be that, that a version of What's in a Kiss, oh, yeah. for example, the actual record that was a hit, has that's got uh, Tim Rennick on it. But he plays the guitar, he plays acoustic on it, but he also plays the electric on it, and it has that very 80s sound. Hmm. Uh, but I actually, the version I like most is the, is the version where I, I have, it's more piano, yeah. uh, more piano sound. It's the same vocal, same backing track, but there, there's less of that sound. So it, it, it removes that thing that makes us slightly dated. Yeah. Um, so, it's, so a song like Miss My Love Today will always just stick out because it, it doesn't fall into any kind of category, I think. As well as the strength of the songwriting, of course. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. You know, it's all very well having a foot tap and a keyboard. <laughs> but if you haven't got much of a song, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't uh, add up to much.
today Cause I miss the stars that shine above Telling me one day my love will come to me again Miss my love I'd say Is the only thing that I can do I just can't live with someone new Reminding me of her She said before she left That she would return to me Although it may take quite a while I know That she'll come back And once again the time To fall in love will still be mine Just as one would miss both day and night Waiting here alone's not right But what else can I do? Listening to the Essential Collection, this is another song that really stands out, and that's uh, "Lost a Friend." I understand uh, this was your reaction to uh, John Lennon's death. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing to say is it's another one of those just keyboard recorded in Dublin um, while I was doing lots of recording there before I moved back to England, uh, which ended up on the album in the key of G. Um, it's just very simple, isn't it? Just piano, just a, and a little synth solo in the middle of it but um, again it's just I think it's foot tap uh, very simple and 
Yeah, I wrote it not at the time of Lenin's death. It, it came up right. later when I wrote it. I, I wrote it in the, not too long or, um, before it was actually recorded lyrically anyway. Melodically, it had been around for a while. And interesting enough, too, in, in recent concerts we've done, because of the passing of David Bowie, even actually before Prince, and then you had Terry Wogan, the broadcaster, uh, on stage as a tribute to them. Uh, I sing it, and I change the odd word on the last verse to, to incorporate the names of David Bowie, Wogan, Glenn Frey. Mm. I even talk about the guy, Black, who had the hit with... Um, a marvellous songwriter. Yeah, yeah so, and, he, and, and, and he died when we were on tour in, in Ireland uh, in a road accident. So when we were in Ireland doing a few concerts, um, we mentioned uh, that. So it, it's so again, it it's, it works out. Um, it, it kind of it ties in with events that affect people. Because when you have that thing about meeting somebody, sorry, hearing somebody that you've never met, mm-hmm. but you feel like you know them, that's what it's all about. It's that losing a friend that you've never met, talked to in real life, but because of their music or because of their book or whatever, or because of their films, you feel like you know them. So it it works really well on that level. When you read about somebody special Who has made an untimely end Although you didn't even know them personally Feels like you've lost a friend
Lost a friend um, from Gilbert O'Sullivan. Next, uh, we're moving back, I think, about 13 years or so. And um, this is another really strong track, obviously from the Essential Collection. Mm. Um, answers on a postcard, please. Mm. That's got a mm. real slight jazz tone to it. But again, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, well that, you've hit on the nail because that comes from uh, Piano Foreplay. And that was recorded with Laurie Holloway. Going back to Laurie, who is who played the keyboard on Get Down. Laurie Holloway in the early days was, was Engelbert Humperdinck's arranger, whereas Johnny Spence was Tom Jones's arranger. And Johnny Spence did most of my arrangements, Nothing Rhymed, Alone Again, Claire, etc. Mm. So Laurie worked with me, not for doing orchestration, but playing, so like he played on Get Down. So in as, as the years went by, when he left Humperdinck, then he had a jazz trio. Uh, Laurie's a great jazz keyboard player, so he has a trio of a, that double bass player, drummer, and occasionally a guitar player, and they go out, and he's performed all over the place, Ronnie Scott's, all these kind of places. And so when I came to make this album, I used his trio. They came to my studio here in Jersey. And so the album has that feel because, because they are the people playing on every song. And uh, so it has that kind of jazz leaning. It's not intentionally. It's simply because of the style of playing. You've got double bass, you've got Laurie on keyboards. You know, the songs have all been structured by me beforehand. So they're playing in the structure that I want, but the feel comes across, if you like, in that kind of slightly jazz inflection because of the players. And I love the song. It's it's one of the ones that I desperately wanted to put on this compilation because it hasn't been on any. I always feel it's 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 a really good song to sing. Uh, strong lyric, uh, but a nice feel, and, and um, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I'm, I'm pleased that you chose that. I think it'll, it'll it'll interest people who just view me in one sense. Again, you get the variety of the writer, I think, which is very important for me. Fast, slow, medium, uh, funny, humorous, serious. Mm. So I like to feel that you know, you, to be a prolific songwriter, you don't you you don't want to be known for just writing the same kind of thing. So if you can kind of expand your ability to cover all, and I don't do it on purpose. I mean, it's the the thing with me is that. Because songwriting is everything to me, if you're going to sit here for eight hours, five days a week, four weeks a month, you want to be playing around with all different fields, and you might take out a drum machine and play around with that, and then you just might hit upon something. And I mean, the, the, the surprise, you surprise yourself by coming up with ideas that just fall into some kind of category. It's a fascinating process. Love it. <laughs> well, we might continue. I'm lost and all alone What do I do? The girl that I'm in love With says we're through How can I just let her go? Answers on a postcard, please It seems what I've been doing This and that She's been carrying on behind my back Why was I the last to know Answers on a postcard, please And I don't know 
what rights of any I have when it comes to little old me. You can be held for days without even being charged, they call it democracy. Happening to us it Happens all the time Of course it does Devil did he play a role Answers on a postcard please If any I have when it comes to Comes to see Everything you work so hard for all your life Being smashed to smithereens I'm lost and like a fool I found my way Deep inside this dark, secluded bay How'd I get here? I don't know Answers on a postcard How'd I get here? I don't know Answers on a postcard Interesting on this, just to digress slightly, uh, the last track on this, uh, there's a thing called Environmental Peace. On this 43, I think there was 42 tracks, and, and that's what it was down to. And then, and then I suddenly looked at this box set that was put out by Rhino in America. They did an exclusive 2000 box set, mm. uh, a limited edition. And, and there it was at the end. I, I'd obviously written it to go on this box set because I didn't find it on any other album of mine, even on the hidden tracks that I've done on a, a couple of occasions. I thought, oh, that's really good, that. Mm. So I said, why don't we stick that in? It's contemporary, it's up-to-date, it deals with something we're all concerned with, and it would be a nice way to round off the album. So it's, um, so that, that's pretty much why uh, we put that in. You'd never think to look at You'd never think to look at That building there is where there Used to be trees Where there used 
next we've got the last of the uh, cover versions Doesn't... and actually it's one of my favorites it's rumors version of we will she's really oh, okay. very much a sort of traditional standard approach to this marvelous song of yours mm. yeah we will it's considered by many even my critics uh, in the music press to be a uh, one of my best songs it is a really good song a very good middle eight um, i'm a sucker for good middle eights so where you can go off and then come back Strong melody and and very much a Catholic working class family song. You know that thing about you know, get up them stairs, go to bed. It's, it's, that's my mother talking. In fact, I think one of the early titles I had for it had something like my mum in the title, because yeah. uh, it's pretty much her that's going on. And you know, and, and then you've got that lovely line, "Bagley Bean and Gold," which is so English. I mean, I mean, I'm Irish by birth. I'm proud of my Irish roots. But if you want to talk in terms of songwriting, I'm very much an English songwriter because all my tradition of writing stems from growing up in Swindon and uh, now living here in Jersey. So, uh, lyric, lyrically, I mean, I'm as English as any, as the Davises and the Carnies, you name it, uh, of this world. But, uh, so, I, I'm, you know, I love the song and, and covers of it, uh, apart from Ruins, which is a nice cover, of course. Uh, but when Andy Williams, the story with Andy Williams called me up, I wanted to record it, and uh, and I thought, yeah, lovely. And uh, but he didn't understand what Bagley Bingo meant, so he asked if he could change that. <laughs> so I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> I, l- I love the play on words that you have, you know, um, with snowflakes and uh, cornflakes and that kind of thing. It's re- that, as you said, mm-hmm. it's very English. Yeah, and well, you can go, you can take that back to nothing rhymed. Um, what's what's the line? Um, I'm drinking my Bonaparte shandy. You know what that is, don't you? I don't. No, it's Napoleon Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm thinking my Napoleon Brandy. Not quite, doesn't have the ring for me. I kind of like playing with words, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that brings you up to date with a similar kind of thing on We Will and stuff. Again, you know, as a lyricist, you sit down for eight hours, five days. (laughs) You want to be coming up with things that amuse you, Mm. things which you you get off on, which are lyrically kind of fun to do. It's over now You've had your fun Get up them stairs Go on quickly, don't run Take off your shoes The both of yous Leave them down outside the door Turn the landing light off No way to leave it on It might make the night that much easier to be gone And in the morning we'll be wide awake And eating snowflakes as opposed to those flakes We've really 
it both over time and time again and if there's even a chance or even half you might be our way would you promise to stay you cannot hear once you've suffered the affliction within it's no use in an ending to proclaim from the start that the moral of the stories to begin on Sunday next if the weather holds we'll have that game But I backseat being in gold Not because I'm good Or because I think I should It's just that Well at my age I think standing still Would really suit me best Do we all agree? Hands up those who do Hands up those who don't I see well in that case If not on Sunday To go to Mass on Monday And next, um, Ray, we have you know our final track, mm. but we're mm. you know we're, we're finishing on a high uh, with your new single. Yeah, it brings yeah. us up today, and your yeah. new single, I guess, I'll always love you. That's getting lots of airplay, actually. Yeah, we're doing really well. It, in a way, it's a turnaround for for years. I had records that have not had been playlisted on the radio. I, I live with it. I get disappointed for a couple of days, then I just move on. So it's kind of nice. It seems this year we, we've we've kind of re-entered the playlist scenario, which is really good because these days. Getting on a playlist, getting a-listed or b-listed on Radio 2 is equivalent to almost having a hit. Um, so it's um, so it's a very positive feeling. And the album, um, <clears throat> Latin Allergy, has done, has had really good reviews from people, selling reasonably well. Mm. I'm very proud of that. Recorded in Spain with producer Peter Walsh. Peter Walsh produced people like Simple Minds in the past and stuff. So really nice to be in that situation. We, you know, we did the cover, copied the cover from Peggy Lee's album. She did an album called Latin Alali, where she was pictured on the cover with two male matadors. So we did the cover as a homage to her, with me being photographed with two female matadors. <laughs> so it's um, an Latin allergy, of course. And I guess it always obvious. It's just, I mean, it's that whole thing, isn't it? It's we all, well, not all, but many of us have that kind of first love. You go through a period in your life where you fall in love with somebody, but it doesn't work out for whatever reason, and you move on. You move on to a completely different life. You get married. You have children. You're really happy. But you always have a soft spot for that relationship that took place. And if you meet that person, there's something there that's just no, nothing sinister. It's just there's a kind of something that, that, that was nice back then and you can relive it and enjoy the moment. And then you get back. So I, I found that interesting as a lyricist to, to, to cover that area. 
you're still touring. You've got some shows coming up as well as some autumn dates as well. Uh, you know, when, if you put out an album, uh, obviously Latin Allergy and now with the Essential Collection and stuff, of course, you go on the road. It's important to get out there. Uh, not just, it's important for, from a promotion point of view. It's it's all about me talking to you and, and having a good interview with you and then and getting press and stuff. But concerts are, are vitally important because you get the chance to see the people who like you. Mm. You meet them afterwards and they'll, they'll tell you things about yourself, like tell you what they think of your material. I feel it's very important. And promotion is important. I don't think it's it's right that you can make a record and then say I'm never going to go on the road or something. I think it's important the two go together. So yeah, we'll be doing, we've done some UK dates, but it, but we're off to Norway uh, for some concerts. We, um, probably go to Japan at the end of the year. And I think next February, uh, I'll be in my 50th year. So I think we'll be doing 10 or 12 dates around the UK. Plus, um, I think we're going to do a date in Dublin with an orchestra. It's going to be good. That, that will take me up to March. By March, it's a cutoff period because next March means that I can get back to thinking of the next uh, project. Um, that's going to be interesting. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Ray. The pleasure, um, Jason. Good to talk to you. No, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the material that you produced and, and still producing is so, so high. And, um, you know, it's great to continue spreading the word on your, you know, your fantastic songwriting. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Great, Jason. Good to talk to you. You too. Thanks so much. All right. Okay. Cheers. Take bye-bye. care now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Guess I'll always love you I guess I'll always care I guess I'll always love you I guess I'll I'll always love you I guess I'll always care I guess I'll always love you I guess I'll always care Looking back Oh, man.
Jesus.